It's February 12, 2023, the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles versus Kansas City Chiefs, and a record-setting 200 million people are watching this moment. Wait, no, that's too far. Rewind. Download the Timu app and shop like a billionaire. Right there, pause it. Wait, what is Timu? Okay, let's backtrack. It's February 12th, 2023, the Super Bowl. And Timu, a shopping app that launched just five months ago, makes its TV debut on one of the biggest advertising nights of the year, promising bargain basement prices and the opportunity to shop like a billionaire with not one, but two commercial spots, totaling $14 million. The Super Bowl ad catapulted the up-and-coming shopping app into the mainstream, with app downloads jumping 45% and daily active users up 20% just one day later. By the end of the first quarter, Timu had racked up 19 million downloads in 2023. I'm sure you've seen this site, Timu, right? Shopping app Timu has become the most downloaded shopping app in the United States. Timu is cheaper, aggressively promotional, programmed to sell you useless stuff, and it's totally addictive. The company says that it's able to pass on those cost savings to American consumers. Wish.com, AliExpress, the others started a decade ago. They were like MySpace, paving the path for Facebook, or BlackBerry, paving the way for an iPhone. But where did Timu come from? And how does it make money selling dirt cheap products? And how did a relatively new shopping platform end up at the center of a political firestorm targeting Chinese e-commerce? So you see the Super Bowl commercial, decide to download the app, you'll probably be met with something like this. Spinning wheels, countdown clocks, $100 coupons, 25% off, 50% off, under 99 cents. Act now, hurry, fast. And even without those discounts, you start noticing things are cheap, like really cheap. $19 headphones, $10 designer knockoffs, household goods for pennies on the dollar. Whoa, is that a $10 smartwatch? Let's go ahead and add that to cart. It's really socialized extreme discounting with mega variety, gamified, and socialized in order to drive traffic, but most importantly, to build an enrolled base and get customers consumers to download their app. Timu is an online bargain shopping marketplace. Similar to Amazon, individual sellers list products through the site, but at heavily discounted rates. Based out of Boston, Timu quietly launched in the summer of 2022. And within a few weeks, the app was already topping Apple App Store charts, surpassing Amazon, Walmart, even Shein. All of this is thanks to a huge advertising budget with a focus on social media. In January alone, Timu purchased 8,900 ads on meta platforms. And this is all part of a larger user acquisition strategy, because right now, Timu's not worried about sales. It's worried about you. They're paying big bounties and referral fees for you and I and every other consumer to bring someone to the site, to download the app, and to make that first purchase. You could go across the social sphere and you'll find people recruiting others in order to earn up to $100 a day on referral fees. Or if you're an influencer, you can earn up to $5,000 a month. The idea is that once you get people onto the site, they start browsing around, they see all these different kind of gadgets and gizmos and things that are being offered. They see the low prices and they think, well, let's give this a try. And what Timu has found is that once people have tried it once, they keep going back and buying more. And some people get quite addicted to Timu. It's very easy to shop. 
And it's very easy to do it in a quite a thoughtless way as well, because you're not spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on things. The individual price points are pretty low. So a lot of people order in very high volumes. Based on some estimates, Timu is projected to spend $1.4 billion on North American advertising in 2023 alone, hoping to grow its user base by an estimated 100 million people. The value of a monetizable daily active user, we call it MADU in the industry, is worth somewhere between $236 and $726 per active user per year in top line revenue. And they're acquiring these customers at a fraction of the cost of what Amazon or anybody else had to pay in order to get them. So again, that begs the question, where did Timu come from and how did it get all this money? Well, if you haven't heard of Timu, you've probably heard of its parent company. Chinese e-commerce company Pindodo going public at the Nasdaq this morning. Pinduoduo, one of China's big three e-commerce sites with a market cap of more than $100 billion. Timu is the retailer's first major push into the overseas market, where its competitors JD.com and Alibaba already have a footprint. Pinduoduo utilized its already established strategy and logistics network to get Timu off the ground quickly meaning that though Timu is based in the U.S., its products are actually coming from distributors in China. They have a supply chain advantage with, that was built out of their success of Pinduoduo in China that started out uh, representing rural farmers and producers and agricultural providers and built that out to every small merchant in China. And now they've extended that to North America China is really the linchpin in Timu's strategy. A lot of the products that are sold on Timu are manufactured in China. They're shipped directly from China to the U.S. So those labor costs compared to manufacturing in the U.S. and elsewhere are really low. So Timu is able to keep those prices very, very low for customers as a result. So that $10 smartwatch is likely coming from a factory somewhere in China. And just like other Chinese bargain e-commerce sites, that allows Timu to sell items at extremely low prices. What Timu sells is very generic stuff. It's not well-known brands. So that again keeps prices very, very low because you're not paying for the brand names. But the same reputational risks plaguing other Chinese retailers like Xi'an could find their way to Timu. And as far as Timu is concerned, its problems just went federal. So you downloaded the app, spun the wheel, dug through discounts, ordered your $10 smartwatch, and now you wait for your watch to come from a factory in China. But there's a couple of hiccups. Not all Chinese manufacturers can sell goods in the U.S. There's actually a genocide being propagated against the Uyghur people in a place called Xinjiang province in the northwest corner of China. 23 million Uyghur people are having their cultural identity erased. Upwards of 2 million are in concentration camps. As a consequence of this, we passed something called the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, because one of the things that's happening along with the genocide is that hundreds of thousands of Uyghurs are being pressed into labor in factories making all sorts of goods. There are um, countless goods coming into the United States in violation of the law. In a recently released report, the U.S. House of Representatives found instances of items on Timu's website being sold or made with materials from the Xinjiang region of China in direct violation of U.S. import laws. Our American companies and others who are actually abiding by the law 
are making sure that their goods are not sourced from Xinjiang, are now put at a real competitive disadvantage relative to those fast fashion companies that are not following the law. Most online e-commerce retailers and marketplaces have policies in effect that directly forbid the sale of products from the Xinjiang region. But the U.S. government found Timu only had vague boilerplate language, not directly mentioning Xinjiang. When pressed on it, Timu's defense was, Timu's not the importer of record, meaning they're a marketplace. They don't make the products, they just sell them. Yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, they have 80,000 vendors and they're basically pointing the finger at them saying that it's up to them to police this situation, but uh, you know that's not gonna fly. And it goes beyond that. Remember those ultra cheap prices? Those help Timu take advantage of something called de minimis shipping, which the government is also pretty skeptical of. Under our customs and control law, where goods under $800 that are shipped directly from China to residential homes um, escape all tariffs and duties and they don't really have a lot of information about their place of origin. So they are also able to potentially skirt the laws that prohibit goods coming from Xinjiang. To put it into perspective, other companies like H&M and Gap spent hundreds of millions of dollars on import duties at U.S. borders in 2022. Timu and Xi'an paid nothing. Combined, they accounted for anywhere from 30 to 50 percent of all de minimis shipments into the U.S. That's an estimated 600,000 packages every day skirting customs, not paying import duties, and flying under the radar. CBP is already under a lot of stress with regard to inspecting the packages that are $800 and above. And so then when you have this explosion of packages under $800, along with the fact that they don't have the data that would otherwise be required to do a targeted inspection regime, you basically make it almost impossible for the CBP to do its job. This also puts other companies at a distinct disadvantage. When you don't have those tariffs or duties in place, those goods end up looking a lot cheaper than you know other goods. And so not only are taxpayers um, losing the duties, but also you know American companies and others who are doing the right thing potentially uh, are losing business. Not only do companies like Timu and Xi'an take advantage of this rule, but it's directly tied to the rapid success of these types of companies. If the de minimis rule was changed, it would throw a major wrench in Timu's operations. That would be very disruptive to Timu because what it would mean is that parcels would either have to come into the US and go through full customs processes, which would cost slightly more, and more importantly, would take a lot longer to get to the end user, or they'd have to build out some warehouse capacity in the U.S. because that comes with a cost attached and it starts to undermine some of that low-cost model, which is really important for those low prices. It's not just the federal government that's concerned about Timu. Some states have taken action over the app itself, citing cybersecurity concerns. Earlier this year, Montana banned the app from government devices, along with TikTok, WeChat, and Telegram. In a statement, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte said Timu, along with several other apps, are tied to, quote, foreign adversaries and cited the fact that Timu's parent company, Pinduoduo, is headquartered in Shanghai, China. And those fears are not unfounded. Pinduoduo came under increased scrutiny this year when it was pulled off the Google Play Store in March after versions of the app were found to contain malware. According to a report from the U.S. government, that malware was used to exploit vulnerabilities on Android phones accessing users' text messages, changing settings, viewing data from other apps, and even blocking users from deleting the app altogether. So that begs a question. What is Timu doing with your data? 
So let's recap. You downloaded the app, scrolled through hundreds of listings, decided to take a chance on a $10 smartwatch. It is then made by a Timu supplier and sent to a Timu warehouse in China. The warehouse then ships the watch from China to the US, paying a grand total of $0 at customs. It is then shipped via the US Postal Service to its destination. And all of this happens in just about a week. So yes, we did in fact buy a $10 smartwatch from Timu. It took about a week for it to ship from China to us here in New Jersey. And yes, it really did only cost just around $10. First impressions of the box, it does look and feel kind of like an Apple box. And we know from the ads we saw of the original watch that that was the look and feel that this company was trying to replicate. But the watch face does look very similar to other smartwatches on the market. The ring on the side and the buttons are almost identical to that you would find on an Apple watch. The watch straps are also rubber, very similar to Apple watches. The only major visible difference is the charging port. While it does have a circular charging port, it does require a two-prong charger and the charger itself was very cheaply made. The watch also did turn on right away. The apps also looked nearly identical. The honeycomb effect is very similar to the current operating system on Apple Watches. Overall, the watch seemed to emulate an Apple Watch almost to a T. Even the icons for some of the apps internally were almost identical. Overall, it's a pretty good dupe. If I was in the market for a smartwatch and didn't care about quality, I probably would just get this. To most people on the street, it just looks like an Apple Watch. Every app needs a killer application, right? The killer app here is these mega variety steep discounts. That's what brings them in. But they've married product sales with social. And they're starting by leveraging the existing social network in North America, but they'll create their own social network when they release team payments like they did with Pinduoduo in China. Team payments is the viral catalyst for ignition to growing this to a billion users beyond China. Remember earlier when we said, Timu's not worried about sales, it's worried about you. Marketing and e-commerce experts say it's no mistake Timu is spending so much money to aggregate a user base. Many suspect Timu is gearing up to launch social shopping here in the US, a wildly successful shopping model Pinduoduo uses in China. Pinduoduo in China actually takes it to another level. They use group buying where you can band together with friends and family in order to earn quantity discounts. It's referred to as team up, price down. This uh, social commerce aspect is what allowed them to grow to number three to almost a billion users in China. In the US, Timu hasn't yet released the team purchasing capability, but you can see them laying the foundation for doing so because they're social marketing experts. So as Timu continues to grow and expand its user base, it could be getting ready to change the shopping experience for US retailers. But will US consumers bite? The potential for social shopping is definitely there and it will grow. But it's not going to become the scale that it is in China. It's a different type of consumer. It's a different type of market. But I certainly think it's a sensible thing for Timu to add. And even if Timu continues to grow its U.S. user base, can it survive regulatory and legal scrutiny to continue operating? 92% of us say that we'll trust a referral from a friend or, or a family member. And that's what social marketing does. And so whether or not Timu is owned by a Chinese company is irrelevant because 
you're really buying first from the trust and referral from a friend or family based on a socialized promotion. And on top of that, gosh, we'll give you 20 bucks for each one you bring in.